This episode of the Drunken Taoist is brought to you by Harry's. For guys like you who want a great shave experience for a fraction of what you're paying now, go to harrys.com and get $5 off your first purchase by entering the code DAO, T-A-O, when you check out. It's a little box right there, a discount code, T-A-O. Click it, save, and shave. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, Moses' killing spree continues with some horrific acts lifted right out of the ISIS handbook. A marital aide by the name of Chocolate Thunder leads to a miracle cure. An ethereal DJ spins up some favorite hits from the past. The awesomeness of Teramitsu, ensuring your info is from a reliable source. And a fashion-resistant guy from Milan who prefers comfort over all. I thought it was better to look good than feel good, but what do I know? And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 60. Yes, indeed. It's going to be the senior citizen. This thing's growing. I know, man. This is glorious. But I am receiving complaints, I must say. Uh Uh-oh. I have received a complaint that the sound of my voice has been known to turn straight man gay. And uh, the complaint has been that women can never be satisfied by another man again. So I deeply, deeply apologize for that. You you know Dreamtime's later in the show. (laughs) In that case, we we shall be taking care of that later. Let's get down to business. Let's thanks a few folk who... Let's thanks? What the fuck? Where did I learn how to speak English, man? I don't know. I think you do a good job. Most I saw of. that there was a... I saw there was a Bolelli um, impersonation contest somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Facebook. I don't think the winners... He wasn't based on quality. It was based on speed. Who could get around to do in, to do in an impersonation faster? It was somebody... By the way, this was not my that's idea. That's the problem. That's, this a, that's every problem with America all wrapped into one right there. It used to be about quality. I see. So you are... In I'd a, rather we wait three days for a nice Bolelli impersonation that we call and all appreciate the sognorality of this excellent speech. This is something quick and silly. Quality over speed, huh? That's the plan. It's gotta well, be. Let's thank a few folks. Um, Ring a ding ding, it's gotta be Ting. <laughs> What's up with Ting? Do well, tell. It's the big moment. The ASM network is now available, which means most every cell phone bought in the past two years will work on their network. They used to be Sprint only, but as of the middle of February, now you can bring almost any phone along. Now listen to me, folks. Paying Verizon and these other cats exorbitant fees so you can get the iPhone 6 in the first three days of its existence is ridiculous, and it's time for you to stop that shit. Be patient. Take some time. Get a used one, a refurbished one that's going to cost you a third of what you're going to pay for it and still have 90 days on it. If something's going to go wrong with this phone, it's going to happen the first week and not on the 91st day unless you're me. But that's a different story. Sign up for Ting and all you're paying for is your service and only the service that you use. This is a no-brainer. Why are you paying for hundreds of minutes you don't get back? Why are you helping the AT&T monster continue to devour people? Have a look. Go to dao.ting.com and you can compare your very own phone bills to what it would cost if you were on the Ting network. I cannot talk enough about these people because I think they're doing the Lord's work. Beautiful. Is it Dao with the T or with the D? Well, luckily for us, I got both of them just in case, but it is the T-A-O. Beautiful. But if you want to be crazy and see what the D-A-O brings you, you can try it out because I'm way ahead of you on this one. Perfect. Now, even more exciting than that. Nothing is more exciting than that. I don't know. Harry's razors are pretty exciting. Do tell. Well, it's our brand new sponsor. 
Sweet. And they have come up with the idea that maybe spending $15 for three blades at the Target is not the way to go about getting your razors anymore. These folks will send you nice packages every month if you're not so hairy every other month. But it all comes to your mailbox, costs you half of what it cost you in the Target, and there it is. You don't have to drag that shit home. They are giving us a try for a couple of months, right? Absolutely. That's the plan, a couple of episodes with them. So, yeah, if you guys, I mean, hell, who doesn't buy razors? Like, most of you guys do. Um, whether you're planning on uh, being clean cut and shaven for your day at the office or whether you're planning your final departure from dessert and you're getting ready to slice your veins open in the bathtub, mm. we rather hope for the former rather than the latter. But in either case, please get your razors through us. Or even you crazy lumber sexual types with your giant beards, you still got to clean that cheek area up or that under the chin that your girlfriend likes to lick. You know, you got to get that under control. You got to be... It reminds me of a song. <clears throat> a baby fell out of a window. You thought that its head might be split. But luck was on its side on that day. Because it fell in a big pile of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look clean. Harry's Code Tao. T-A-O. <laughs> clean it up, boys. Jesus Christ. Now, so, yes. And I've already been excited about this today. So I can't get too excited. I'll be excited later. Oh, yeah, I, I arrived, uh, this was a sponsor orgy thing. I mm. arrived carrying within a Datsusara bag mm. while wearing a short design T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I arrived carrying for reach a Tadonka. whole big bunch of Omnit products that they were oh. sweet enough to send us. Get yourself some Warrior Bars right now, fellas. They're good. I think it makes you dick bigger. I, well, I, I thought I read that on the bio. Maybe that was something different. Yeah, it could be. You're that was something, a couple of that was something out, Duncan was talking about, I think. Yeah, but you never know. No, and there's, uh, you, yeah, you got a bunch of stuff. So after you get to try it all, give us the full review. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying new stuff. There's um, some of the um, green, uh, what the hell is it called? Her- the Super Green Energy Mix? Yeah, it's awesome. I dig that one. That's really cool. I got uh, there's yeah the uh, the buffalo bars are brilliant. There's a lot of really good stuff on on it that I still haven't tried half of it, and I'm having a blast as I do it. It's like little Christmas surprise. The one I'm most excited is this crazy macadamia cocoa cherry blend that um, a guest that we had. I guess we had Nick, which yeah. you'll hear later, but yeah. recorded him earlier. Claimed that the stuff must have crack in it. Yeah, he said he opened this one jar and ate the whole thing in one seat. You know, and you know I'm looking at the jar right now. It's probably there's a 50% chance of just departing to a better world if you consume a whole jar in one sitting. So must be really damn good. Earth-grown powder nutrients. Powder food is supposed to get your jangles up and get you get you properly vitamined up so that you can good stuff. enjoy your buffalo. And while we are at it, so deep thank you to the other people we just mentioned. Datsusara, with everything hemp-related, check out Datsusara. And uh, and short design, of course, which I still have to go through one episode without a short design T-shirt on me in a long, long, long time. So for all of these things, Onni, Datsusara, uh, every single one of the sponsors we mentioned, just check out the episode notes where if you didn't catch what the code is, they are going to be listed there. You got, you got a discount and we got a referral from you. So they are happy and they keep sponsoring us. Please do that. We are deeply, deeply appreciative. Thanks, everybody. Well, it's Bible time again, ladies and gentlemen, and guess what? More. Moses. That wacky Moses, he just keeps getting crazier. What's going on this week? When last we visited... The adventures of Osama bin Moses continue today. Um, After, what did we see? We see him leading a massacre of 3,000 Jewish people post... uh, uh, post Ten Commandments, we saw him, um, you know, being the agent of the Ten Plagues in Egypt, massacring everybody. We saw last time one of his minions, a guy by the name of Phineas, skewering a copulating couple with a spear. To save 24,000 others, though. Yeah, to please God. No, those 24,000 were dead already, but to make sure that God's anger would be diverted away from the Jewish people. 
Here, both of those guys play a role. Osama bin Moses is back, and also Phineas will play a role. Now, what kind of numbers are we talking about? Because I kind of looked around just to see, like, the lost. This is when they were lost mm-hmm. in the desert, yeah. right? You're talking like 9, 10, 11 million people, aren't you? It's not like... I forget the numbers, but they're obviously ridiculous. I mean, there's no way that anybody could have pulled off those numbers at that time. Yeah, and what would that look like going um, across the Red Sea for three no, days? I mean, it's pretty <laughs> silly. But um, in any case, the, they are there, whatever many of them are. Jewish people are traveling through the lands, trying to make their way to the promised land. And um, Moses is pissed off. Take a guess. Really? How could that ever happen? He's never angry. You know, such a mellow guy. But in this case, he's mad with the, uh, people called the Midianites. The Midianites are guilty of a heinous offense, which is specifically having shared their women and their gods with the Jews. And, Here we uh, go with that again. Yes, and that's clearly not something that good old Moses can tolerate very well. So let's see if you have done your homework. What could be Moses' order to his troops in regard to what to do about the Midianites? I'm going to take a moment and reflect on what he's done so far and see if that may be a harbinger for what might occur. I'm going to say he's going to kill them all. Kill them all! Yes, yes. that is the uh. order. And as it turns out, Phineas, the guy who stuck a spear through the couple of insects in the last episode, he's the general in charge of the army. But as it turns out, even he doesn't have a strong enough stomach for what needs to be done. So, you know, days go by and the Jewish army return back into camp. And Moses is pleased to see that the army is coming back victorious. News has arrived that they destroyed the Midianites, they won, everything is great. But Moses noticed that, yes, they have killed all of the adult males among the Midianites, but they, the army has spared and brought back as prisoners of war all the women and all the kids. Who were starting all the trouble in the first place. And Moses is like, is it really that hard? What part of kill them all did you not understand? There are not that many words involved. Kill them all. I didn't say kill the men, leave the women and kids. I didn't say... I said, kill them all. What's wrong with you guys? Phineas, Jesus, I thought I could count on you. You softy, you're so annoying. So what we got now in Moses' own words, I'm quoting, by the way, this is an episode from Numbers 31. From the Holy Bible. Exactly. Here is what the Holy Bible tells us. Moses is saying, Now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that has known the man by lying with him. All the women children that have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. Now, wait a minute now. I'm getting my ISIS handbook out here. Yeah, this is literally an ISIS training manual, right? When it's, when when they, when you refer to do as you please with these younger women, I guess I mean, you know, feed them and make sure they're going to school. Yeah, and... that's exactly what he means. No, I mean, it's like the, the benign version of this, which, by the way, even like super kind of Bible-thumping apologists would argue for, is that what they mean is... Let them grow up a little bit, and then you can marry them off to various Jewish people. So, you know, not forcible marriage of to the people who have just massacred your entire family. Um, that's the nice version. Wow. Of course, the uglier version is rape right then and there of, uh, of children, basically. And, um, yeah, man, so a happy tale made of uh, genocide and mass rape of prisoners of war. Other than that, I would say it was a great day to be in the in the neighborhood of the Holy Land. What could possibly be next? I don't know, man. It's like I think actually Osama bin Moses. We have run the we have run the limit. We can add stories to this. Maybe I will. Maybe we won't because there's so many. But this gives you this gives you the vibe. I mean, again, check out that quote. Can you believe that? This is Numbers 31, 17, 18. Now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that has known man by lying with him. But all the women children that have not, not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. That does sound like King Joffrey a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is dark as dark ever gets. It's like, does it get any nastier than this? I have a feeling we're going to find out. Yeah, seriously. But, um, yeah, so just another happy story to... Um, um, 
provide moral guidance to your children. Because, you know, without these kind of stories in the Bible, clearly kids would not grow up with the proper moral guidance. So make sure you share them with your family because this is where you find out what the Lord has intended you to do. And we haven't got to the golden hemorrhoids yet. Am I missing out on something? What's up with the golden hemorrhoids? Oh, that was um, that was a God smited some people by providing them with golden hemorrhoids. Oh no, I didn't get that. That's which must have fallen asleep in that part of the. Well, I'll have it ready for you next time. That's glorious. Okay, sound good. <laughs> decent mood you know now we suffered those those four or five days of, of winter out here man that was rough by the way by the time this episode will be will aired i think and hope that i will have gone through with it i have the hesitation because i was supposed to do a show with duncan trussell in austin texas and i got horrendously sick the night before i was to depart so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that all pans out. But by the time this show airs, I should have done a couple of uh, um, events with Duncan. One is uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, and one is Madison, Wisconsin. Somebody sent me a thing that is like, get ready. With wind chill factor, we are at minus 20 in Wisconsin. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's uh, not any messing around right no, there. No, that's serious winter. There's no plane there. So You, you know, in, in the Milan moment, I forgot to, that we'll get to later, um, I forgot to mention the awesome photo I saw of you on Facebook the other day of you and Elizabeth about 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The long hippie hair. Yep. So you were no stranger to fashion. Don't lie to yourself. Those damn gypsy pants you had going on were something else. That's what considered fashionable. Hell yeah, man. Jesus. Especially but, for the time. Yeah. I think like once in a while, that's what I dig is that once in a while people are like, oh, that's in season now or is it fashionable? And I'm like, me with my jeans that I scrubbed on the floor falling down and broke up is like yeah yeah that's a, like oh yeah fashion I that's why I was doing it it's like what the fuck you know but in any case anyway it's rant time let's rant away couple of things let's be nice rant Ooh. a mean rant oh I like mean rant let's do both well nice let me just throw out there a quick thing there was uh, the other day I was at a grocery store I was just buying a couple of things you know I just walked in took a well and uh, as I'm about to walk out, I'm getting ready to pay. It's like $3 something, right? And I don't have my wallet. I'm like, oh, fuck. Did I leave it in the car? What did I do? And the dude behind me was there, this like Mexican guy with his daughter. They were grocery shopping and he just pays for me. He's like, no, no. You know, he goes, he's just addressed the cashier. And he's like, don't worry, I'll pay for him. And I'm like, Really? And it's like, and then, you know, I, I'm out, I look into my car and I do find my wallet. So I turn around and I see that the dude and his daughter are going to the car and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll want to pay him back. Right. And he's like, don't worry, just for the next person, for the next person, you do the same. And, and I was like, that's so damn sweet. And I know that's one of your, it's one of my favorites, man. Thieves, exactly. So, but I was, it was so sweet. It was really, really nice. There's nothing like blowing somebody away. I, the, the gas station is a, is an excellent one. That's what, when you find somebody putting a dollar 17 in, mm-hmm. and you got another five bucks you can drop on them. You're going to save their day. Cause yep. that dollar 17 is probably just getting them two exits up the way Yep. where they're going to come with the problem again. I don't know why the whole world, I don't, I know I am the Pollyanna goofball of this whole thing, but that's really how it should all work. Man. Yeah, it's sweet. It doesn't really the, cost much. Like, you don't do crazy shit that you're not comfortable with. You no. know, you don't take anything from yourself that you're not comfortable doing. And you can't do it every time either. But, but no, when the, when, of course. When, when the notion strikes, I mean, yeah, the, the worst thing you usually get is it just confuses the shit out of people. They don't know what just happened. Really? You got that a lot? I figure, I don't know. Sometimes, you know. We had an elderly couple behind us in a Sam's Club one time. Oh, indeed. And, uh, you know, and I believe they were Mexican as well, so there was already sort of a language barrier. But, um, you know, they were pooling the quarters together to get bread, milk, and some cheese. Yeah. I was like, here, just pay for it with this. And then try to be on the DL and slide out. 
and the the lady checker didn't know what to do, and she, you know, what if there's change? Oh like, god! Well, put it in your pocket, give it to them, and then it became a thing, and now oh, a manager's coming Jesus. over. Henry's is on his way to jail again. Man, you missed the jail that time. Huh? I did that time. Okay, I've only, I'm still you. only at one. Well, I'm sure you can fix it. Real oh, soon. don't worry. I know. Anyway. Well, not quite jail, not quite that level of, but there's a little bit. So let me rant in the, this is the angry rant, which is funny, by the way, because I'm totally not feeling it right now. I'm not oh, angry at all. But today. Yeah. It's... This will ruin it. Rainbows and unicorns. Well, let me get rid of the rainbows and unicorns real quick. The, um, this is one of my top five at most pet peeves. It's something that piss me off to no end something that i actually um, well let's just get out with what it is and then let's go into the whole thing i hate 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 when people don't reply to messages or don't call you back it's like the whole thing that you call somebody and nope nothing back or you send them an email or you text or something and granted you know one time there can be the thing like oh you didn't get it, that kind of shit. I had that happen to me once. I had one guy who sent me an email and I clearly didn't receive it because I think he sent it to the, like he went into spam or something, right? And the very next email was like, oh, you know, I'm so disappointed because da 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 and basically, you know, you say all this shit, but you suck. And I'm like, dude, I never got it. You know, I don't fuck around. If I get it, I'll reply. But, you know, before you go, like, you are evil, whatever, just check first, okay, send another one, maybe a different way, you know, if you send it through Facebook and an email and you get a reply either time, yeah, okay, there may be something up, but, no, I'm talking about the people that, yeah, you know that they get their messages, you know that maybe you sent it in multiple ways and just, just no reply, and, you know, maybe three months later, all of a sudden, they'll just throw something back at you, or they replied at one time, and, hate that shit because half of the time is then when you do connect you're so mad well and they are all happy to hear from you oh like, there you are oh, this is great i'm and i'm not talking about the ones who are bullshitting you know the ones who are clearly lying to your face where it's like that just insulting or whatever i'm talking about people who mean it so it's kind of like wait if you do mean it what the fuck is wrong like do you have like a paralysis in your fingers that you can't dial is that what's so difficult or just press reply on an email what the hell is so and the thing that drives me insane is that so many people do that hell i'm thinking about even just the people we had on our show which i consider you know very much cream of the crop of humanity in many ways compared to a lot of people i meet on an everyday basis the majority of people we've had on our show are people i like a lot even among them I can't even tell you how many never return a damn call or an email or or when they do is like by accident kind of thing. It's like it's usually like right then and there they receive it, they reply right away. But if they don't do it in that one second, they never will again. Mm. That like one of the few guys that same priorities with Chris Ryan. Chris Ryan is awesome. You know, anytime you write him, he writes you back right away. Right, he's just dead on on stuff. Uh, Mike V is good about stuff like that. You know, there are some of those guys that are, you can count on, you know, they are on. And I'm like, it's not that damn difficult to do. I do it. I'm fucking busy. It's not like I have like all this time to kill where I'm like, oh, I'm doing nothing. And yet I make it happen. So what the hell is your excuse? Okay, so this is our, let's turn it into a Duncan teachable moment. Oh, by the way, Duncan replying to stuff. (coughs) Cough, cough. Yes. Only the, if you got me a flashlight waiting for me, man. Yeah, no, let's turn it into... So, let's turn it into the don't be an asshole school of the day. Return the damn calls. Reply to email. It's not that hard. It doesn't have to be you put your life's energy into it. It can just be like, oh, man, I'm so damn busy. I will get back to you or whatever, you know. But just let them acknowledge the fact that they made a move in your direction trying to connect just that would be nice enough. The complete... Because then when you don't even acknowledge it, you leave people standing in the situation where, like, did they get it? Did they not see? You you make people use mental energy trying to figure out why. Are you just an asshole who doesn't reply? Are you mad at me? Did you not get it? What the fuck? Isn't that just easier if you just tell me and I don't have to spend... I don't know. No, the people not replying make me feel like some 
needy psycho where like oh, but why did it it's like don't fucking do that just be polite that's not that hard to do it seemed rather simple so well out here in hollywood where you know the no response is sort of a a hobby of some folks yep and you're in the business of trying to get the next gig and needing to contact these people and expecting at least to hear from them one way or the other. Yep. A friend of mine has come up for a, a great name for those non-returners, and it's called The Long No. <laughs> I like that. He's kind of like in uh, Lord of the Rings, The Long Defeat. Yes. Where uh, That's probably where it comes from, but I like it. The Yeah, man, it's so... Just say it. No, I'm not interested. Thank you, but no. Simple enough. That works. Uh, no, I don't want to date you. Or no, I don't want to do business with you. Or no, I don't have fucking time to get together. Or no, that's okay. That you let me know where we stand and I can move on. Easy. That makes things easy. The disappearing act is just, uh, you cowardly little shit. Just don't have the guts to tell me what's up. I hope you're in the hospital. Which is case one that don't have the guts because they have something going on and they just don't have the balls to address it. Or you're just a lazy fuck and you are, you know, you, there is nothing going on. It's just that you can bring yourself to take a minute of your day to actually reply to stuff unless it benefits you massively. But even then, these are the funniest ones. The one where it's not in my interest. I'm doing something more for them than for me, where it will benefit them and not me, and they still don't get it done, where they still don't reply. It's like somebody whose job it is depends on this kind of shit. And so I'm like, okay, you know, you did this thing, I can get you these guys to give you a contract for this, and they don't reply. And I'm like, it's your job, Jesus, if you don't reply to that, what do you what do you spend your days doing? If So in any case, that's... What, what's your opinion on over-aggressive phone solicitors? Meaning that people... They're, they're on the phone and blah, 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 and you don't respond to this. I'm here to save your life and you're not paying any attention to me. I'm are, here... Are we talking about people who know you? Oh, no. People who don't know you? Cold calling. Oh, no. Fuck that. No. That's different. It's like, no, I'm talking about interpersonal relationships. Oh, no, no. Where that, there's, absolutely. Uh, I'm just saying, how much how much do you hate those? Yeah, places? yeah. No, fuck that. But that's a predatory thing. It's like, I want to... And usually, I want something from you, which yes, is... Yes, and I you need just to try sell to scare people into yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's dark and horrible. No, that's messed up. No, I'm talking about just the basic minimum level of being polite in terms of interpersonal relationship, which is why when people... You know, if uh, people write me stuff on email or Facebook, again, unless some weird spam filter comes in, I usually reply to everybody. It may not be the best reply in the world. It may not be, I may have like 12 seconds in between one thing and another, but at least I'll acknowledge that I got it and thanks. And uh, people often react like, wow, that's amazing. And it's like, no. What's amazing is that so many other people are assholes and don't do something. That's the minimum level of basic politeness. Like if there's a yardstick, that's sort of the minimum base to be even be considered a human being. Anything below that, that's pretty shitty, you know. And I understand there are people who are, um, you know, if you have six gazillion people who follow your stuff and everybody send you a message and even taking one second is too much because, you know, it, it adds up quickly. But again, you know, and obviously I don't have that problem because there are not six gazillion people's messaging, but I do go through probably 200 emails a day and work like a dog and take care of my dog. So it's not that I'm there sitting around waiting for emails where I'm like, oh, I wonder who wrote me today. And it's comfortable Milan fashion. Yeah, and I have nothing else to do, you know. So it's like, I don't know, that shit to me is a big uh, deal breaker when it comes to a lot of a lot of people who are otherwise nice human beings i just can't deal with because they just don't pass the get back to you test all right folks you got to do better it's a test now we're gonna get this cleaned up yeah if you guys are the sweet human beings who take care of business and reply to calls and messages and so on you're doing the lord's work if you're not you're gonna burn in hell no, if you're not, just don't be a dick. That's as simple as that. Over and over again. Keeps coming back to that. Indeed. All right, next time, everybody. Teaching L.A. to merge.
that wild thing itself, little Izzy singing to us. It must be time for Isabella moment. Isabella moment. Moments, I guess. There's yeah. a few. So, well, one was just yesterday. It was kind of funny. I was, um, I told her a story. I forgot what it was. And she asked me, is that true? And I say, yeah, that's true, baby. Of course. You know, this is, I forgot what it was, but it was true. It was something. And she goes, how do you know? Did you get it from a reliable source? And I'm like, you're five-year-old. Shut up. You know, really? A reliable source? Apparently, she watched a cartoon where they mentioned uh, getting in the stories from a reliable source, and she promptly used it in context, like, hey, otherwise it's not real if you don't get it from a reliable source. No, if you don't have anything to back that up with, I'm afraid that's just a silly story. But I was cracking up. Did you get it from a reliable source? From Isn't it amazing what little sponges they are? Oh, yeah, totally. The, that's why, you know, if you go too much Google Gaga all the time, that's how they will be. But if you don't, they don't either. You know, there's a lot more that they can throw back at you. I hate those terrifying moments, though, when you're walking into Ralph's or something, there's some dude coming out the other way with the cigarette already lit as he's got, you know, the child in his arms and oh, of course. the well, pack with him. It's just, yep, those things crush my heart. It's It can be rough. Because I don't think there's a lot of happiness going on there. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Yeah. The cat could be the greatest dad of all times, but... It does not look the perfect picture on the surface, at least. not what you want to see. No, definitely. So there's that, for sure. I love being a father of a daughter. Yeah, of it course. It tried me to no end, man, but this is the greatest. I mean... Mm-hmm. Your job as ultimate protector is an awesome one, and one I took with pride. Last, I still do, of course. But. Last night she woke up. I had an, I worked like a dog yesterday. My schedule was brutal. I had to work like a 13-hour day, so I got home. I walk out of the house at 7 a.m. I'm back at like 10.30 or some shit. It's like I got home, and, um, um, and I crash, you know, trying to get a little bit of sleep until I have to wake her up to go to school. And she woke up at a horrible time. It was like 4.30 where she woke up and she was kind of having a hard time going back to sleep. So she wanted me to stay with her, which means I'm never going to fall asleep again if I do that. So I was like, you know what? I never do this, but I'm like, screw it. Come to the bed with me. I don't want to, you know, that way you fall asleep. And she passed out right next to me and having this cute, strange creature making all their grunting of the, you know, when they are like snoring like little bear cubs, just going... I was like, I was like, this is the cutest fucking thing on earth. Now, granted, you're still in my sleep at this moment, but you're adorable, so I don't care. So there was that, which was fun. Now, one of the things that, speaking of cartoons, one of the things that she check out religiously, there's this Korean cartoon called Puka. Puka is genius. Whoever created it is my idol. The lead character is a 10-year-old girl who's in love with this boy. The problem is the boy, all he cares about is that he wants to spend his whole time fighting ninjas. So he's always off fighting ninjas and he doesn't want to hang out with her. So Puka, on a regular basis, in the middle of this bloody, brutal fight, the ninjas figure out a devious way to try to trap this boy and kind of mess with him. And so Puka regularly arrives, beat the hell out of all the ninjas, just so that she can catch the boy and kiss him. And he runs away not to be kissed because he wants to keep fighting, fighting. But she took care of the fighting for him. He just, she just beat up everybody. So she regularly, at the end, catches him by surprise and kisses him. And Isabella laughs her ass off and she thinks he's the funniest thing on earth. Got so, him again! Yeah, absolutely. So there's that, which I I dig quite a bit. Puka, Puka cracks me up too. It's a, it's a great cartoon. We have moved from, no, she still check out Baby Krishna, but now we have added her international cartoons. There's, there's a whole list of them. That's quite awesome. I mean, you know, Lady, lady Ninja Fighters. Oh, yeah. It was, yep. It catches, there's something about that. There's the romantic aspect to it. She wants to be kissing the boy and all the romance. And she's like beating the hell out of all the bad ninjas along the way to get the job done. I dig. There was a very Taoist vibe in this. A combination of sweet romance with mm, warrior vibe. I think we need a crossover episode where they shrink down to microscopic size to take on the Datsusera hemp ninjas. Yes. And I think the I think maybe that is what's on the Datsusera bag. There's Puka, a miniature Puka is riding on there and just beating up all the microbes. I see that happening right now. <laughs> now one last one on the Isabella quotes of the day. She was um, in the bathroom, otherwise engaged in a very important activity. And while she was meditating there on the toilet and thinking about, you know, pondering the meaning of life, 
she just took a look at the toilet paper and she started talking to the toilet paper. She goes like, toilet paper, you have a really nasty job. I'm sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, time. (laughs) So compassion for the toilet paper. That's always good. Wow. Yeah. On that note, let's roll into something else. Dream today. And now we cross the Athenian plain for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. It's dream time, everybody. You know, I um, I like to watch Jeopardy <coughs> to test my knowledge, see if I can do pretty good with questions. But I hate the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I missed out on it's a it's an American experience I have not enjoyed in either format. I have no idea. I've never seen Jeopardy. I've never seen Wheel of Fortune. I've never seen any of them. Well, you know, being that I'm getting older, I don't want to waste 27 minutes watching Wheel of Fortune ever again. So oh, I've fuck that. I've ixnated from my existence about three months ago. That seemed like a Last sensible night, decision. Ooh. The Wheel of Fortune dream finally arrived. And they were having problems fitting the set into my old house. And I was like, you can't escape it. No matter what you do. Jesus. I hunt you down. You are, this is the nightmare segment. It's supposed to be dream time, but you're turning it into... Well, it was a nightmare. I just thought it was funny how things show up. They just... Because I'm still not completely convinced, you know, according to the old song, Merrily, 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 Life is But a Dream. Yeah. Maybe the dreams are the real stuff, and all this insanity is just the dream. That's the chuanzu dilemma, right? It's like, am I chuanzu dreaming I'm a butterfly, or am I, I'm a butterfly dreaming I'm chuanzu? Yeah. I don't know, but as Muhammad Ali would say... Fruit like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, because I'm Muhammad Ali. Muhammad is... He was fucking hilarious, man. He's like the greatest... Ain't no Viet Cong never done nothing to me. Yep. Ali was like reading Muhammad Ali's quotes is like one of the most entertaining thing. The guy was hilarious. In any case, dream time. So here we go. Let me actually provide some context to this dream. This is this is one of the most meaningful dreams I've had in a long time, and a pretty big deal to me because it feels like I don't know. Maybe I've turned a corner. Maybe there's something. It feels like a very healing kind of dream. Let's see if it's for real or if it's just temporary. Let's see what's going on. But it felt very damn powerful. Not just entertainment, but serious power here. Let's provide context. So um, a few days before the dream, I'm going in, I'm riding in my car and I have um, I'm playing podcast on an iPod and then I'm like tired of hearing people talk. I'm like, okay, I need a break from podcast. I want to listen to some music. Problem is I have two iPods because one is mine, which is where I have all my music. But then I fill up with too much music. I have no more space. So I don't have space for podcasts. I use the second iPod, which was one that I, you know, was Elizabeth's iPod. So I added there. So I just, she had no podcast in there. So I added podcast and I don't have to mess with it. I can't add music because if I add my own music, I have to kind of resync the whole thing and lose all her music. And I, I so even though I never really listened to her music, I have sort of this emotional attachment where I don't want to do that, right? But I don't have anything else to listen to. I don't feel like, I'm done with podcasts. I want to listen to some music. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just put on shuffle some of her music and let's just go with that. First song that comes on is one of the two songs that she had playing over and over and over again. Basically, to put it in blunt terms, as she was dying. You know, it's like the songs that in the hours in which she was kind of going, she had going over and over. And I'm like, the fuck? Really? First song I get is that one? Okay, well, fine. So go through that, pretty intense, really emotional. The next song comes on, on shuffle again, and the second song is the second of the two songs that she was having when she was dying. So I'm like, okay, you got my attention. You know, it's like, oh, I'm paying attention because what the hell are the odds out of 500-some songs that those two play back-to-back? Again, it happens, right? But it's an interesting kind of coincidence. So remember, as our... Yes, that's playing uh, toward the end of that second song. I'm thinking, you know, it's like something that always is on my mind. It's like, did I make you feel loved enough? You know, did I did I give you enough, essentially? It's like, I, I know I wanted to. I don't know that I did. You know, I sent time 
strongly second guess like whether you felt it you know i think i gave as much as i had to give but i don't know if it was enough for you on the receiving ends and i'm kind of asking that right as in my mind that's my the question that i have and um, the next song comes on i don't recognize it i have no idea what the hell it is but i look at the song title and it's called real love and i was like okay well i don't know what this is about for all i know it could be coincidence for all i know it cannot be coincidence at all and it could be some i have no fucking clue but i like it you know that definitely makes me feel good so okay fast forward four five six days later i have a dream that begins the exact same way in which just about i've had this dream as a recurrent one maybe i don't know four five six times a year for the last 40 years so i had probably like 20 to 30 times already right and the dream regularly begins with i see i see her and she's coming back to life and there's a part of me that goes oh yeah you're back to life isabella would be so thrilled to have you she has her mom again everything and the next passage i go like oh yeah but you know i kind of don't want to go back where we were before I'm a very different person from who I was five years ago. I don't really want to be that guy again, you know. Um, so my, and then that second when I'm thinking all this, that that's what I'm about to say, I wake up and I feel like I am the worst asshole on the planet. Really? Like she comes back to life and that's your first reaction is, oh yeah, thanks, good seeing you. I'm glad you're alive. But you know, by the way, I don't really want to go back to where we were. The fuck? You know, I feel never-ending guilt after that, right? I just feel this sense of, like, you suck, man, you. So this time, the dream starts the exact same way as every other time, you know, same kind of setup, same kind of initial reaction where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great, but... And... um, But it continues. I actually kind of tell her what I'm thinking, and uh, she's super supportive, super sweet super loving kind of with a sense like of course you know you and by the end of the whole thing i wake up with this sense that i'm getting from her i feel like i'm having a permission to be alive essentially like i'm getting a you live your damn life already you know it's like don't constantly this survivor guilt bullshit enough there's it's not needed you know it's not uh and it felt like so damn healing you know it felt like such a powerful thing for me at the moment where i felt like ah you know it's like i had that same thing going on so many times and it always leads to me feeling guilty feeling crappy and all of that that this one time when it's happening in my subconscious you know i'm not controlling the dream i don't know what's going on and the outcome is so different i felt like hmm maybe and i seriously hope that's the case maybe i am turning a corner somewhere in there maybe there's something so so that was that so as dreams go this was one of the more meaningful things that happened to me in a long time wow and um yep that's where it's at Story time, everybody. Brought to you by your friends at Sure Design T-Shirt over there in Thailand. Ben is just cranking them out, making them awesome for you. Probably got some awesome. I can't speak today. Some awesome Nietzsche shirts they cooking are, up for us. They real are indeed soon. coming up. Is now when this is releasing is what mid March. I think by now we may have closed the pre-orders and uh, we are we should be getting them in the next month, month and a half or something. Oh, don't Probably, forget, folks. Happy nipples for a happy world. Indeed. So now, by last the, time, yeah, do tell. We learned the tale of poor Red Deer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And his terrible pal. Yeah, no, the, yeah, Red Deer was the pal. He was That's the right. guy with the bad advice. Yes. Today, it is a, actually is also American Indian related today as well. But it, um, there's really only one American Indian author who has gone mainstream. You know, most of the American Indian writers tend to be people that people buy their stuff because they want to read about American Indians, right? It's a kind of a niche genre. Uh, they sell, they can do well, they can have their theme, but it's, nobody's going to pick it up because it's them. They're going to pick it up because they want to read about native stuff. 
this guy is the only guy I can think of who's just full-on mainstream, where people buy because he's funny as hell and he's just brilliant. But Sherman Alexi, he's ridiculously successful with his books. He wrote poetry, he wrote short stories, he wrote novels, he wrote screenplays. His movies was Smoke Signals, which was the only movie that was written, directed, and acted by American Indians that turned out to be a big production, not like an independent flick. Is that a war movie? No, it was in 2000. The Smoke Signals was like this kind of crazy comedy set, dark comedy. It was like drama comedy, which is exactly how Sherman Alexi rolls. Mm, I'm thinking Wind Talkers. Um, yeah, yeah, you're talking about the Nicolas Cage thing. No, Sherman Alexi is like, he's fucking hilarious. He has a very, I'm going to give you guys a story, which I put an asterisk when I say by Sherman Alexi, because to be perfectly honest, this is a story that I've not read. And I did not want to read before this episode. I don't think I actually ever want to read it because the way it was told to me was so good that I'm sure that there's some detail there that probably is not this way in reality. And I don't want to find out because the story as is, I like it so much that I don't want to find out that Sherman Alexi actually, uh, he kind of wrote something like that, but not really. So this could be complete fantasy. I have no idea. Somebody told it to me, and which made it even funnier because there was this uh, fairly old uh, native woman which makes it even funnier considering the content and everything else. But she's told it to me. She's a great storyteller. So I'm like, I don't care if you made it up and you're saying it's Sherman Alexi. I don't even want to know. Let's just roll with it. So I let her rip. So it is the, the vibe. In Sherman Alexi style, which is what makes it believable, this is a story that will mix heavy drama with hilarious comedy. So the story begins in modern days with the worst context you can think of, where there's this native family that's in a hospital, their newborn kid has some, I forget what it is, some kind of crazy bad disease, basically he has only days to live, it's done, right? It's all, so they're all in the hospital, desperate, crying their eyes out, everything is terrible. The father is just overcome with grief, doesn't know what to do, he feels so powerless, so he walks out of the hospital and his haze of grief just... He's walking around and he sees this neon sign that says Babes in Toyland. And he figures out, oh, what the fuck, I'll get the kid a toy, something to make him smile for a second. It's not going to change anything, but whatever, right? He walks inside of Babes in Toyland. Turns out that it was a different kind of toy store. Sound more like a truck stop. Yeah, it turns out it was a sex shop. Oh! And he did not want to look stupid, like he walked into thinking he was going like to Toys R Us or something, and he walked out into a sex shop. So he's like, oh shit, I guess I have to pretend like I belong here. So he started like browsing up and down the aisle, and the guy at the counter is looking at him kind of like, you're going to buy something or you're going to waste my time? So kind of in this embarrassment, he just grabs the first thing he can see. He buys this gi- giant black dildo called Chocolate Thunder. He returns to the hospital. In the meantime, his wife's whole family is there gathered, and they are singing this healing song. They are praying. They are doing this whole thing. And his wife is singing, 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 and she's working her fingers raw because nobody brought a drumstick. So she's singing this stuff. So the husband promptly whips out chocolate thunder, hands it to the wife, who starts using it as a drumstick, pounding on the drums, singing these songs. <laughs> the kid is miraculously healed. Wow! And from then on, they hang chocolate thunder as a good like charm on top of his crib. Greatest story ever. I don't know what to say. Again, highly likely that Sherman Alexi didn't write it exactly this way. Maybe he even didn't write it at all. I don't want to find out. He wishes he did. Yeah, I love this story. Holy smokes. I don't have anything to add to that. And I don't think Chocolate Thunder allows for any reply. Uh, that sounds more like Toys in Babeland. <laughs> Well, it's time to visit the old digital mailbag again and see what's going on. You know, um, not the digital mailbag, but the, the real mailman brought us some of those on it buffalo sticks. Oh, yeah. Holy smoke. Hero bars. Good With stuff. cranberry and pepper. Y'all, go get them. Indeed. And the mailman will bring them to you, too. Supposed to be traditional Lakota recipe. I'm sure 
tinkered with a little bit. But the idea, I've had it before in Lakota places where you have kind of the dried buffalo meat with the berries and everything else mixed in. No. Tastes different, of course, when it's, you know, in the this is designed to be able to be shipped to places. It's not designed, so it's a whole different game. But it's I like it. I dig it a lot. Well, I think it's exciting that the buffalo's coming onto the menu again because, you know, if mm-hmm. we hadn't slaughtered 85 million of them, it might be a different yeah. case. But it is better for you than skinless chicken. Yep. Because apparently the buffalo never really stop. They're grazers, but they stroll as they graze. Yep. So there's something about the muscle tissue that's like almost perfect. It's way leaner. It's, way leaner. Yeah. It's delicious. And there's um in the south there's Ted's Montana Grill because apparently Ted Turner oh, yeah. owns a huge part of Montana. Yep. And the restaurants are a huge success, but he's slowing the release of them so he can get his herds up to where they need to be. Of course. And uh, you know. As with everything, when you put the animals back and they start pooing up the place, makes other critters happy and absolutely. The and whole that's the thing is like if you're gonna use animal products, it's great when you have the option to use animal products that come from a source that's not tied to you know horrendous suffering and nasty. Like because factory farming sucks. You yep. know the whole conditions in which animals are normally kept is messed up. Did you see the kids that flew the the um. The drone over the pig farms like no, in Arkansas? No, I don't even want to know because it's... It's not the animals. It's the six football field size feces pools. Nice. That's next always, to them then. Yeah, that's always lovely. Now, we got to fix that in a hurry. And this is a good way to do it, man. It's definitely... These are critters that are, are open range, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the only way they'll, they won't be pinned up. Yeah, man. I feel like the... Um, like, I don't really eat that much red meat. I don't eat much at all. But when I do, it's every single time it's buffalo. And it's always, you know, kind of... Mm, i rather pay a little more when I get it and get good stuff than, uh, you know, I have no problem eating other things the rest of the time. And when I get it, I want to get good stuff that's not tied to crazy suffering of anybody involved. But but I like it, so I'm not like, oh, never consume animal products. I'm like, no, there's something to be said about A, like, B, there's arguments Protein. about, yeah, the diet. And again, there are arguments back and forth on this stuff, but that's my take on it in any case. And the buffalo bars are the badass so i'm all for them i had an awesome opportunity i didn't care for much of the hunting stuff we did in my three years of hunting and, and fishing right. show guy but we did go up north and um shoot a couple buffalo mm-hmm. and actually roll out with a tow truck lift the carcasses and then take them and prepare them for you right then mm-hmm. so they're like flash frozen within two hours of being taken yep, yep, yep. and then they'll ship you some at a time and then so that you don't have to get anything old, they'll send you, you know, a roast and right. some ground meat and some oh. steaks. And then the next guy that shoots one, well, he gets a portion of yours. And it's really a cool way of doing it. And you're getting fresh stuff that actually just lived off the land. No hormones or anything. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not into And again, you know, everything, life is cannibalistic in nature. Everything is the result of eating something else. I'm sure plants are not thrilled to be ripped off the ground. It's just that they don't scream. But other than that, you know, nobody's... So the thing is, since you are consuming stuff anyway, do it in a way that's the least uh, suffering causing possible. So, you know, you live a good life and then, you know, you die quickly. And that, that I have, you know, that's kind of how the game is played. That's I'm sure you've heard fine. All, all that before about, like, the cows that are terrified before the, the meat is yeah, somehow Yeah, fuck solid. that. Yeah, no, that's no, messed these, up. These buffalo, until that bullet smacked them, yep. they had no idea. Yep, yep, yep. That's the way to go out. Yep. Indeed. Anyway, I don't know why I got on that. Just the Buffalo, the, the, the Onyx guys, once again, thanks. They were awesome. Yep. Just a little sub-mention to you guys. And now we get to the actual mailbag, now that I got the uh, the Buffalo bars out of the way. Mailbag. So, shit, I forgot to write who, who sent us this question. But I got a question about, well, let's put it this way. The email meandered a little to get to the point, but just to torture me a little more. But basically was saying, hey, you come from Milan. Milan is renowned as the fashion capital of the world. It's an excellent question already. But I've seen pictures of you online. So the question is, what the hell happened? Uh, I resent that question. What the fuck? Is just because short design is my number one style in everything that... Rich today saw me with a shirt and was like, what? No short design? That was because it was a long sleeve shirt. I had a short sleeve underneath that was short design. So well, no worries. in the low 60s here. You know, cold. Cl- oh, my. Ooh. Ooh. 
Yeah, indeed. That is a good question, though. I mean, did was was fa- was fashion present? I mean, yeah. I mean, I as you can tell, I didn't give an absolute fuck. Which is and, great too. Uh, people in Milan tend to look at how other people dress quite a bit. You know, there's kind of there's a bit of a dress code at work or things like that. You know, you're expected to be somewhat fashionable. And yeah, that completely went over my head and escaped. And if anything, I was like, eh, fuck that. Precisely because everybody. I don't understand, by the way, if I can go back on my short design rant, why short design, you know, what kind of perverted reason led to the fact that short design is not considered high fashion is entirely beyond me. Because yeah, it's one of those things. That's the thing that I dig the most. In any case, a few times in my life, I must say, I have gotten, quote unquote, dressed up which was sort of a psychedelic experience in itself. Um, I have seen you in a tie. Yeah, well, that was evil. That, okay, that's just where it's evil. The other part I don't mind so much. You know, if he's kind of dressed up, but he's relatively loose, you and know. Going to a I party, looking good. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I would normally do. It's not what I almost ever do. But there's, I can see the point. I've done it a few times, and it was kind of fun. And, it's fun to get And they are comfortable clothes, at least. That's my number one thing. It needs to be comfortable. If it's comfortable, I can live with it. I have no problem. But ties? Who the fuck invented ties? You people, know, people that are used to leading people by collars and leashes. Yeah, it's like let me tie something around my neck that, but tight enough that I tighten all the buttons up to the. I don't can't the think hell. of any more examples. Leash, noose. Yeah. Boom, tie. That's about it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that concept. And along with that, of anything that feels rigid or stiff that you put on yourself. It's like clothing is supposed to do that. Fuck that. Clothing should be a second skin that you just effortlessly flow through that you don't even feel it's there. I guess since you're from Italy, you ought to have a handful of spaghetti and some red wine with you at all times, too. This may be some Italian racism. That part I can uh, I can live with the red wine and spaghetti part, but the <laughs> stupid high fashion thing in Milan, I'm like, yeah, not for me. I guess my rule of thumb is this. I don't want anything that does not allow me to run at top speed from a chasing saber to tiger. Or just little baby ninjas. Well, that too. Because, you know, you, you know, you never know when you may have to run from a saber to tiger. At some point in your life, you know, it can happen. Most folks in so, a couple times in their life. Yeah, so it's important to be dressed for the occasion. All right, since we're on Italian food for a second, what about dessert? Is the Spumoni the dessert of Italy? Is oh, there... The one thing that I can... Jesus, I've OD'd on this so many times. <laughs> tiramisu. Oh! When it's well done... I'll have a couple of tiramisu stories for you. So, other than the fact, like, I remember my mom coming back from dinner one time, and she's like, oh, I got some tiramisu, so if you want, uh, I, I brought a tray, I have some, and it's like... So I eat the tiramisu, right? And, you know, a little bit later, it's like, where did the tiramisu go? I'm like, well, you told me to eat it, right? And it was, she said, yeah, that was a portion for six people. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> that felt just great in my stomach. Yeah, those of us who didn't I have was, dinner, it seemed like plenty. Yeah, I was, <laughs> and it is a, there was a, a guy who was managing a restaurant in Santa Monica. One of the, you know, I never eat out Italian food because it's like, it tends to be overpriced. And it's going to be disappointment uh, no matter what. And I like cooking at home and I tend to make it better than, I. at least I don't know if it's better in objective standards, but it's definitely closer to how I grew up and my taste. Uh, so, I, you know, that's one. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go uh, out and eat food that I don't cook at home, that I can cook at home, like Thai food. I love Thai food. I don't know how to make it, so I'll pay somebody to do it. That's great. Italian food, no, I'm not going to eat out. And the few times when I have made that mistakes, I quickly regret it because I'm like, this is crap. I can't believe they call this Italian food, you know. So I'm a bit of an Italian food snob. But in this one place, there was this one restaurant in Santa Monica that was not bad. I must say it was all right. It wasn't like all that, but it was clearly overpriced. But other than that, all right. And um, back, way back in the day, as a job, I was uh, tutoring um Kind of, I was doing some Italian tutoring on the side among the millions of people who want to learn Italian in California. No, actually, that does not happen too often. So it was not the most lucrative job ever. Well, that was bound from Milan. Yeah, nobody gave a fuck. But the, so there's this dude who's um, been the manager of an Italian restaurant and being a damn gringo who didn't speak a word, he felt obliged to maybe I should learn something. He would be 
So he would uh, have me go over and I would tutoring in Italian. Grazie! Right? Yeah. So this one time I get there and the dude is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm in a meeting. I'll be done in five minutes, right? Five minutes. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. The meeting is running long. Another 10 minutes. 10 more minutes are getting there. I'm getting a little edgy. So what he does is he's still in the meeting, but he sends somebody saying, you know what? In the meantime, just because I know it's a pain in the ass for you to wait, here is, uh, take a peek of this tiramisu, you know, have your piece. So I'm like, okay, I can wait now, you know. So I'm chomp, 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 chomp. And the meeting continues. I guess they had made like five different kinds of tiramisu because there are variations on it. I ate all of them. I was so happy. And by the time it was done, he paid me for the hour anyway. I didn't work. And I ate five types of tiramisu. It was like one of the best work days See, of my life. It's those, those little victories. Once in a while, everybody gets one. Just just when you need to win the most. Yeah, that was glorious. So, yes, tiramisu is a drug. The only problem with tiramisu that I have is that that cacao powder they put on top. No. On a regular basis, when I go eat a bite, I end up inhaling it and coughing my lungs out for three hours as the powder is good. So there's that inconvenient aspect. But other than that, all good. <laughs> That's pretty dangerous. Now, I must... I've hit this Italian restaurant in Ojai three times now. And they're off-season right now, but the first time we went, you know, here in California in November, the tomatoes are still on the vines, and uh-huh. they're still pulling onions out of the ground. And they made the greatest antipasto salad I've ever had in my life. Really? So that alone, just from the freshness of the tomatoes, and yep. we go back, reasonably priced, 9 to $11 entrees. I hit their uh, eggplant last time. And uh, this time I hit their pasta primavera out of season, which they apologize for. So as we get into June and July, when the farms are you're going with me, interesting. I know it's Italian. I know it's a danger, but the people are nice. And their specialties are an, an apple cobbler and a and a it was strawberry shortcake. Nice. And as you know, the fields of uh, Oxnard are full of strawberries. Nice. Already. I can do that. That sounds like... And nice folks, so... We'll try that one out. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent plan. Once in a while, I have to just then be my Italian snob self and go. Well, and I would just love to know, you know. I mean, this is a really nice, it's, it's, it's a oddly, even the meat sauce has an odd sweetness to it, but I was told that's a little more. You know, there's that dude uh, that uh, Duncan had on his podcast a few times, Ragu Marcus, who was on the Duncan Trussell Family Hour a few times. He's like um, Ramdas uh, oh, yeah, related. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot possibly ever listen because I can't get past the name. Because, you know, the name Ragu, which I'm sure in some whatever fucking language, probably some kind of Indian language, means some deep, meaningful spiritual stuff. Ragu is the term for meat sauce in Italian. Oh, yeah. So when I hear the... It's like called... Uh, Hello, my name is Mozzarella Marcos. It's like I hear it that way and I just start laughing and I no, can't get past it. No, because Ragu is a, is, a, is a brand name here. So. Yeah, it's like in Italy I would have the accent at the end, so it's like Ragu, but close enough that when I see that guy's name, I'm like, what? You know? What's up, meat it's, sauce? Yeah, exactly. I, we were doing letters. I'm so sorry. I got sidetracked. Oh, yeah, but so now I guess and I, to add one more thing about the whole Italian thing, I just um, I read something on Facebook today that was brilliant. There was, um, I forget how old exactly was the guy who created the Atkins diet when he died, but he was not that like old. 60. He was like 60s or something. Yeah. The dude who um, started uh, the trend of jogging. Jim Fix. Died by the age of 52. The guy who created Nutella died at 89. That's all you gotta know. That's all you gotta know. I think there's justice in the universe. Alright, so this is the big finish here. Yeah. Well, there you go. A pretty quick and concise episode. We're in the uh, portion of the year where we kind of stack them together because summer is coming and uh, we want to be ready Italians for Italians don't work in summer and they take off. That includes podcasting as well. Oh, you Europeans got it figured out. That's for sure. Yeah, fuck working. I got. Um, I was looking for tickets to fly to Italy the other day and I, was so, I saw one that was almost approachable money-wise. I was like, oh, that's not so bad. And then I look at it and it's like, we'll fly you from L.A. to Moscow, where you spend 30 hours in the airport, and then from Moscow to Milan. I was like, yeah, no, thanks. That's a little bit on the inside. 
man, in despite the fact that gas prices have dropped, the prices of airplanes, Jesus Christ, is expensive to fly. Well, the magic juice to make them fly is expensive. Yeah, it's there's some nasty, pretty nasty stuff going on there. But in any case, yeah. So other than my travel woes, uh, let's chat. Let's couple of things, several announcements, thank yous, the whole thing. So Dawes lecture series. You can't get enough of us because we are not delivering enough content on a monthly basis. There's seven hour plus of Dawes lecture series. Link in the episode notes to be able to order it. That would be awesome if you do. Uh, if you shop on Amazon, please, please, please use our Amazon link. Doesn't cost you one cent more than you already would, and you help us a bunch. So that's a deep thank you for doing that. Quick thank you also to Coracao Chocolate and Audible.com. They are our affiliates in the episode notes. If you want to get discounts that way, whether you want to try Audible for a free month trial, uh, want to try some of the Coracao stuff, again, all the stuff is in the episode notes there. Other than that, our, oh, donations, donations. Let's say a quick thank you to the people who send us money to, as a thank you for something that we deliver to you for free. This will make it better in time. Indeed. So... This month we have John Atbury, David Peterson, Aaron McLaughlin, Matthias Ailstock, Alexander Kuzner, Jay Pomerville, Gregory Oran, and John Nolan. Thank you guys Thank very, you very much. Hey, don't forget to check out Kiva.org to help you drop a $25 loan to help somebody else in the world, including the United States, if your grumpy uncle won't let you give something to some of them crazy people in a different country. To help, to help take care of the folks right here at home. It's an awesome thing. Your fellow drunken talents have over done, done over $22,000 in loans since Jesus. we got this started. So it really is a success story. Um, there's 138 of you signed up. Let's see if we can get another 138 this year and kick this thing off. Because now the money's starting to come back where people are reloaning their first loans. And that's when the magic really happens. It's money you don't miss that could help out 10 or 12 different people before it's all said and done. So keep up the good work. Thanks for everybody that's joined us on Kiva.org. And I invite you to check it out because it is a really cool thing. Maybe something great for that spoiled child of yours that needs to see that other folks like shoes more than they like video games. Well, awesome with that. And of course, thank you to Daisy House for our intro music, which is always brilliant. And I guess our outro music too. Anything else? No, I believe this is it. So I just leave you guys with a big, I don't know, something. Au revoir? Yeah, big uh, fuck you. No, not fuck you. You guys are nice people. So just wish you a very, very good day. And we shall touch base again in two weeks when our next guest is on. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See you all soon. questo cazzo in questo caso le provvidenze di dio Duncan showed you the way eh? oh man isn't that scary to think nice so don't kill people do that instead <laughs> this was great fucking awesome and I love this conversation did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent it just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about can you translate for me please I believe the word was Tombstone yeah that one exactly <laughs> Just as I was saying, you know, Tom's thought. <laughs> That's not going to work.